Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. It's glad uh, I'm glad to have you here. And this week's guest is is one from the vault. And let me let me tell you why. So Dylan Carmichael is a country music singer. I'm a big fan of um, his uh, uncle, John Michael Montgomery, who sings the famous song Sold, which was my number one karaoke song. And uh, I interviewed Dylan, Dylan Carmichael at the Hometown Rising Festival in 2019. And I saw on his Instagram, you know, that he's got a new, he's got a new album out. It's called Son of a A. And I listened to it. It's absolutely awesome. I, I advise everyone to go listen to Dylan Carmichael like right now or put him on your list, especially if you're a country music fan. Just an awesome, awesome sound. Great dude too. And I was like, huh, I should have, I should have Dylan back on the show. And I was flipping through my episodes trying to find out when I had Dylan on and I was like son of a gun I never published my Dylan Carmichael episode so I had this incredible interview from from Dylan Carmichael and I didn't um (laughs) I didn't I didn't have it in there I didn't I didn't publish it and I was like how in the world did this happen so it in the preparation of launching this podcast, I did like 40 interviews uh, at, at Hometown Rising, Bourbon and Beyond, and Louder Than Life. These are Danny Wimmer festivals that I kind of helped on the bourbon side. And I co-founded Bourbon and Beyond. And I had all of these incredible interviews, and some of them are just like in a vault. They're, you know, I'm not, I haven't uh, uh, used them. I will use them or the sound quality wasn't right or something. But the Dylan Carmichael interview was perfect sound. It was a great interview. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't hear this. This was scheduled to be, I believe, my like fifth fifth or sixth episode. And something weird uh, happened. And anyway, it, did, it fell through the cracks. And so I've got this incredible interview with him. And, you know, like we do, it's just it, – it's a going back and forth. It's a conversation and it's, uh, it's, it's before the show kind of really found itself and it's before pre pandemic. So, but it's still like all my interviews. It's just two people having a drink and having a conversation. So I hope you enjoy this week's, uh, interview with, uh, Dylan Carmichael, a rising star in the country music scene. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard-made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291ColoradoWhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. 
Hey, this is Rob Weiss. This is Sean Chase. And I'm O'Neill McKnight. Crazy times make crazy people, and we are proof of that. Join us weekly as we talk all things headlines, pop culture, and how to navigate this crazy life alongside some of today's most interesting and influential guests. Hey, what's up? This is Dane Cook. What's up, guys? This is Matthew Espinosa. This is Mark Douglas. And this is Eric Griffin. Yo, it's Russell Simmons. Check me out on The Cray. Subscribe to our podcast, The Cray, on Podcast One, Spotify, and Apple, and wherever else you get your pods. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18-year-old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at HeavenHillDistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. Hey, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show, uh, brought to you by the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. I'm here with Dylan Carmichael. Dylan, I love your music. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I love it. What I love, I think, more than anything is... Is that you are Kentucky. Yeah. You are a Kentucky boy. I'm proud of it. And I tell you what, people in Kentucky right now are proud of you. Well, that's awesome. I had some really great support here in my home state. What's it what's it what was the start for music for you? Where did where did it begin? Well, my family are all musicians. My mom's a singer. Uh my dad uh, likes to write songs, but his dad's a singer. I was in a gospel quartet. The whole family's all singers, but uh my mom has two brothers, John Michael Montgomery um, and Eddie Montgomery from Montgomery. Gym. That's a little, little bitty name yeah, there. So they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, they're in the business and, and you know, they, they have been for years. And so, but it's, it's something we all love, you know. Just, I, I get that. But is, is it like, you know, we all sing, you know, right. we all sing along with the songs. Is it talent? Is it trained? Is it genetics? What? How does one become a singer? I think that that the the actual sound and like the actual 
ability to, I think that you have to like, I think it gets down to the science of like genetics with your vocal cords. Like, you know, some people, their vocal cords won't do that. But, you know, sometimes I think that, that a lot of similarities, like you might look alike, you might look like your parents or you mm-hmm. might sound like your parents. Um, your, your parents' parents, your parents might look like your parents' parents, you know. And I think that part of it is probably all just genetics. But I think there's in your, you know, in your soul, mm-hmm. like in my soul, I love music. You know, I've always related to it. It's like when I had nobody else, I, I always, I've always had music. It's never, it's never left me. It's never, you know, it's never let me down. So that's why I love it. You know, one of the many reasons I love it. And, you know, when you, when we listen to your music, you know, there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of comparisons made to Chris Stapleton because you're Kentucky. Yep. You know, I, what I've do you think that of that? One. I've heard that one uh, along with a lot of other comparisons. Actually, Chris Stapleton is the one that I don't really get. Other than the fact that we're both big boys and we're both <laughs> have long hair. Yeah. And we're both from Kentucky. Um, I don't think we have similar writing styles. I don't think we're, I don't think we have, uh, I don't think we have similar voices and I don't really, you know, I really don't think we look much alike either other than beard and hair and, you know, general people just when, uh, you know, it's a Kentucky thing. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Well, I get Jamie Johnson because somebody told me it was like, they're like, oh, no, you don't sound like Chris Stapleton, but you kind of just, like, have the spirit of Chris Stapleton. That's that's a good yeah, compliment. You, they're like, you have, like, the, the vibes and the spirit that, that Chris Stapleton. What, what, if, what if the comparisons really aren't about the music, but more about, like, the trajectory that you're on? And, like, you're not, I okay. mean, you're, like, on this, like, uh, you're on an amazing climb right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, it's one of the, to me, it's the, my thought is like, okay, well, I I had to feel a little bit like I was going to be at least somewhat successful in the music business. Otherwise, I wouldn't have wasted my, well, I, I wouldn't have, if I didn't think that I had the potential and that if I didn't believe in myself, I probably would have never moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, it's like some of these things like playing the Opry and stuff, it's like, I can't believe this is happening. Like a part of me is like, I I had, a, like, I told myself that I was going to do it. Like, you're going to do it. You're going to mm-hmm. play the Opry, dude. You know, yeah. I'm talking to myself. And, uh, and then actually playing the Opry is like, then there's the other part of me that's like, wow, I cannot believe this is actually happening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? And and now it's like you're probably you're probably on the rotation where it's going to be old hat and you're like probably going to turn it down one of these days. Yeah, I haven't turned it down yet. I don't think, as far as I know. But uh, I mean, you know, it, it's it's only normal to have to turn certain things down. It's mm-hmm. Like, oh well, you know, um, I have a I'm in a con- under contract right that day or something. But but yeah, I mean, I'm always going to be a part of the Opry as long as they'll have me. So, nice. Yeah. Now, uh, you just played Hometown Rising. I am yeah. the uh, uh, the curator for the bourbon side of things. Okay. 
and uh, heard a lot of people impressed with your sound. Okay. How did it feel up there on stage? Oh, it was great. It was hot. It was, yeah. But it was great. It is hot. I mean, I was blown away at, again, similar situation. Like, I know that I have fans in this area more so than any other state in the country because I'm from here, and uh, this is where I've spent more time mm-hmm. playing. Um, so I knew I had fans, but I was just blown away. I was like, wow, I can't believe all these people are singing along with my song. I mean, there was like, I would say probably 400 people out there just singing every word. Wow. Have you ever had that before? No, I've never had it to that level. I mean, the first time I saw someone singing along with my song, I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I remember when, uh, you know, I was was privy to the bookings uh, prior to, uh, you know, they were announced. And I remember seeing your name and just being so ecstatic that you'd be coming to our festival. And not necessarily because I, I, I couldn't, uh, I could not wait. Um, I, I was very excited to see you, but I was very excited for the opportunity for you to be on the same bill as Keith Urban and Luke Bryan yeah. in, in your home state. And you, yeah. if you look at that, you know, I feel like, you know. And Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. I mean, you don't get better than that. Look, Tim McGraw. I've been around. The, I've been around a lot of the country guys at this point, and you know, when I saw Brett Michaels, I was like, "Oh, that's different." Yeah, <laughs> that's different. It's just like we're talking about like somebody who's seen eighties mm-hmm. rock and roll, and the way he saw it was Hanging a little out. different yeah. than we. <laughs> <laughs> we think they might have like, I'm fascinated with the stories that that dude probably has. Yeah. You know, so that's different. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Brett Michaels over there. I was just fascinated. Like, that guy has so many stories. He's one of those people I would love to sit down and have a drink and hear some of these stories. You yeah. Know? Uh, you know, he grabbed, me, he grabbed me out there and he wanted a photo with me. And he and he said he said, thank you for, for putting this on. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just a bourbon part. And he he did this. He put his arm around me. He's like, I know who you are. Thank you for having me. And I was like, <laughs> Brett fucking Michaels just thanked me for putting on, putting up, doing bourbon were. stuff. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. That's like a whole new, that's a whole nother level. Oh my God. There ain't nobody funny. else on that that I would like act that way. You'd have fangirled out. something on. Brett Michaels yeah. is like. Because I grew up in country music. Something about Brett Michaels, like 80s rock. Yeah. And that whole thing is like fascinating. What do you think the it's craziest, a whole other world. What do you think the craziest thing to happen to him in the 80s? That's what I'd like to know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. Oh, what's the craziest? I mean, because you're, you're a star. You're a star now. What's the craziest thing that's happened to you? Um, well, I'm going to you know, save some details just because, you know, because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Okay. It could hurt someone's feelings. All right. So, but I was in a situation one time, there were cops involved and it was an incredibly awkward situation. Okay. I wasn't in trouble myself. Okay. That's good. We did have someone earlier tell us that they were, had been thrown in jail after drinking a bunch of bourbon. So I'm glad we're not there. Ever, ever, by the way. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it happens. But the cops, 
were there and it was this really awkward situation where like I probably shouldn't have been there, but I was there and some mm-hmm. shit went down. And the cops were there and in the midst of all of this, I'm on tour. And I'm not really sure what's going to happen in the next 45 minutes. And this cop goes, hey, man, come here a second. Oh, shoot. Here we go. He goes, are you Dylan Carmichael? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God, man. Yeah. Thank God. He's like, now put your hands behind your back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, we we took a picture and then I left pretty much. So well, that's good. But you know, you know, it's good. It keeps it. So what you need to do here is you need to send CDs to every police station before you go to on tour to these yeah. spots. And, and it wasn't anything, by the way, just for the record, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't anything like really bad. No and crack. No, no crack cocaine. No, no crack cocaine, to my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So. You know, I know you're a bourbon fan, oh, yeah. and it's uh, this is what I do. I, I'm the editor-in-chief of um, this magazine here, okay. Bourbon Plus, cool. and I wrote these books, and all I do is drink bourbon, write about it, or talk about it. Okay. And we have a couple things that we're going to do here. you got a pretty cool job, man. And someone's got to do it. Someone <laughs> has got to do it. We're going. I'm going to pair, uh, based on your flavor profile, okay. to something that we have on the bar. And then you're going to break down the tasting notes for okay. me. Okay. All right. You ready? Sounds good. So how this is going to start, I'm just going to ask you some questions about the things you eat, what you like, what okay. you don't like, that kind of thing. Are there any foods you really can't stand? No, I like all food. Okay. <laughs> all right. What's your, is there a... Calum- or no, I'm sorry, not calamari, but what's the fish eggs that uh, you put on a cracker? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's... Uh, and it's, I think it's a, like a, they pair it with drinks. I, I'm, I, I'm dying here. I'm wearing it. Why are we not it's, thinking it's, of this? It's a, it yeah. starts with a C. It's kind yeah, of like it calamari, but it's. Yeah. What the fuck is that called? No. No. Uh, uh, caviar. Caviar. That's it. Yeah. Caviar. I even used to write for a magazine called Caviar. You can't do caviar. Yeah, it's too salty? What's, what is it? No, about? just the texture? texture. Yeah. And bananas. I don't like bananas. And peanut butter. I don't like bananas. <laughs> Now it's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> See? Oh, my God. I, fi- I feel like I finally <laughs> let it all out to someone. You're my hero. <laughs> Mama, I hate the banana fosters you make. It's gross. <laughs> and I told somebody the other day that I like peanut butter. Because I felt so bad. Because they, uh, you know, they uh, it's super, super sweet and... And I don't know why I, st- I felt like it was going to hurt his feelings, but he gave me a peanut butter sandwich and I ate it anyway. So he he went out. Of like, his, he made a he made <laughs> you a peanut butter sandwich, and, and out of your kindness, you were like, "Holy!" I don't hate it that family. much. I, I made it through it, and I was really hungry, so I was like, "Okay, cool." I worked got nutrients. Out. Worked out, but I like you. Was it was it good? I was like, "Yeah, it's good." He's like, "You like peanut butter, right?" I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I like peanut butter." I was sitting there thinking, like, why did I just straight up lie about? Wow, <laughs> that's so that, You know, that's uh, <laughs> that is a, a very unique thing. Yeah. You, you <laughs> don't want to hurt people's hurt, feelings. Yeah, I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Most people in this world are like, "Fuck off, fuck you." 
I'm not eating peanut butter. Yeah. But you, you have a kind heart, I suppose. Well, to the point you eat things you don't like. I guess so. So, <laughs> all right. So, we're, by you saying you don't like banana, we take off about four or five bourbons in our Wait table. Wait a Let me fix this. I actually right. like the flavor of banana. It's oh, the texture. That but I you like. don't like the texture. I banana. love the flavor. Especially okay. like candy banana. Like okay. Runts. All right. Stuff All right, like so we got bananas back on the board, but peanut butter's off. No, not a peanut butter. Guy. All right, so that takes off one bourbon on the table. So wow. let's go to the next step. Do you mm-hmm. like caramel or cinnamon more? Caramel. Okay. Caramel or vanilla? Caramel. Chocolate or caramel? Caramel. What if we add chocolate with the caramel? That sounds good. Yeah. And now you said you don't like peanut butter, but do you like nuts? Yeah. All right. What's your favorite nut? Uh, the ones that are shaped like a, uh, kind of like a brain. Oh, uh, walnuts? Yeah, walnuts. <laughs> shaped like a brain? <laughs> Tell me it's not shaped yeah. like a brain, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not cracking open a lot of brains to look at, but yeah, I mean, now that you mention it. <laughs> They look just like a brain. They do look like a brain. All right. So we're going to go with the Jim Beam Sherry Finish. It's got the little uh, thing there. That's it. Yep. Whoa. Whoa. Man. <laughs> just freaked out a little bit. Yeah. I was not ready. I tell you. I tell you. I keep telling you. You have to wait till I'm ready. Also, I have okay. overdramatic size now. Ready? Okay. Oh, hey. So this is Jim Beam. Okay. Um, finished in PX Sherry cast. Okay. So what they do is they take, and I can't remember the age on this. I think it was 12 years old. Okay. Let's take a look here where the age is. You might have had, this is an older release. So this is out of my private collection. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's 12 years old, um, or thereabouts finished in, uh, so what they do is they'll, they'll take the bourbon and they'll put it in a in an additional barrel, okay. a sherry cask, and and it will um, sit in there for however many, however many months they want, and people will uh, people some people like it, some people find this type of uh, bourbon very controversial because it's not traditional, right? Because it you know to be bourbon it has to go in the new charred oak, and people think that if it touches a use barrel then it ceases being bourbon gotcha and so it's kind of a kind of real fascinating real fascinating uh you know category yeah so you know bourbon well so let's go ahead and grab that glass okay swirl it around a little bit bring it to your nose and just smell it when you smell try to smell with your mouth open that'll kind of relax your olfactory and you can just let it kind of curl on down Take a drink. Yeah, put a little bit on the palate. I think you'll find, hmm, yeah, it might might fit your palate just nicely. I I taste the beam, whatever that is, like whatever. Yeah, it's got the beam something. Yeah, beam's got a very signature, yeah, uh, kind of savory note right there in the middle. For me, anyway. 
It's fun, huh? Is that tasty? It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got. It's definitely on the it's strong. Side. Yeah. And well. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, is it stronger let, than? Let's see what the. Uh, it's a hundred proof. Okay. So it is actually. I've got stuff up there that would smoke it. Yeah. In terms of strength, mm-hmm. but it does have some bite on there for me. All right, I'm trying to figure out some distinctive. So there's something in there. You know, you know how I find there's something in there. I just keep drinking it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Keep trying to find it. Like I'll smack it around in there. And there's something study. in there. The so I definitely get caramel. I get the chocolate. Um, there's like a toasted uh, a toasted walnut. Some like pecans in there. Um, hint of banana for me. And then there, there's like a. Are you getting all that out of this? Like a bitterness. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is. Uh, I've actually getting, never, never really written about. I'm this getting either. the banana. I think mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I think maybe the caramel as well. Just like I mean, real subtle though. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a this is a very different style. I mean, it's a good bourbon, especially yeah. after I quit sipping it and I kind of took like a good yeah, big get some gold. finish on it. Yeah. Do we have any other glasses? Yeah, here you can just throw them. Oh shit, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have another one. All right, so let, now let's go. Uh, now I'm gonna pair you something else. Let's do. Let's hit him. So how up. do you cleanse your palate between bourbons? So there's there's uh, I what I use a lot of soda water. Okay. Soda water, kind of like really. Uh, you glass? No, we don't need another glass. I'll just he'll just drink it. Uh, pull, go into the, reach into the, the little, the little bucket of wolf, the little, uh, bring that whole thing to me. So we're going to do something fun here. All right. You're going to get to taste something that's not even on the markets. I like what that box says. Yeah. You like bookers? Yep. Well, I... right here you like little cinnamon notes yeah i like cinnamon this is yep. the uh this is a new four roses okay small batch i smell the cinnamon Yeah, mine won't be a complete uh, uh, pour because it's got uh, all kinds of has all kinds of uh, previous whiskey in there. Got you. This is really tasty, though. That's really good. Yeah, this is. Um, I think this That's is one of all. Yeah. This is the Four Roses. Uh, Private selection. Okay. And so this is their limited edition. Uh, no, wait, no, this is their small batch select. So that's the, that's not a limited edition. That's their everyday. It's now like their kind of so, super premium okay. uh, product. But uh, you can you can find that at most stores right now. It's about $55, $60. It's a nice bottle. Okay. So does that have the cinnamon in it? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so then the the way that these flavors come about, they don't actually they don't actually add cinnamon. Right. Uh, it, it's from like their production techniques. So that what they will do is they have uh, Four Roses in particular uses a lot of different types of yeast strains. Okay. That will yield um, kind of a kind of fruitier, and then they have high they have high rye in their mash bill, which yields you know baking spices. So the combination of their various yeasts, which you know range from spicy to floral, right. to that um, to that high rye, you get a cinnamon nice cinnamon taste. note. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. So now, as we sip on that, let's talk a little bit about your uh, yeah your, your drinking past. <laughs> let's not. Well, no, I'm just kidding. what was what was your what was your first drink? Um, bourbon. Oh no! Just in general, your first probably, drink probably a beer, yeah, mm-hmm. of some sort. What was your first bourbon? My first bourbon was I particularly remember because it was so strong. It was like it was a big deal. My dad had George T. Stag. Oh, and wow. and he's like, it's so strong, you know. And he's like, I can't even drink it. It's so strong. And I was like, I want to try it. So I think Stag, George T. Stag was my first. I think it was like 140 proof or something like that. Is that a thing? 140 yeah, proof? Yeah, yeah it's like, like basically right out of the barrel. Yeah. Right out of the barrel. Or, uh, yeah, and which would be like, uh, I guess, tw- uh, 25% alcohol? Uh, so if, if it was 140 proof, just divided by two. That yeah. would be one hundred and I mean, that would yeah that would be no 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 yeah 70, you're right yeah so be seventy eighty right seventy two and a half I'm not gosh a I'm so bad at math uh, I know right I mean well <laughs> I'm bad at math I mean you're an artist I'm a writer like like listen I have we don't have to know math no we just put words together yeah you sing thank God. You know, I mean, and I, thank God and I, I don't do math, and I and I drink for a living. So, when when for us? How can I get into that? Well, um, you know, let's do this more often. What I'd love, what I'd love to do, actually, I would love to join you on stage, okay, with the bar, All and right. you play, you play, you start playing, okay. I stop you in the middle of the act, and I and the whole and I pair to your song. I pair the whiskey to your song. That's awesome. And the whole audience would get a taste. That's awesome, man. See if you can get the Grand Ole Opry to do that. Okay, they'd they'd love that. I bet. Yeah, the Opry would love that. It'd be fun. They'd love that. All right, so this is the uh, four roses. So that's the four roses. That's the sherry cast. So is it? For a bourbon connoisseur, is shooting it just a like? That's a no no, right? Well, there's. You want you want to see people to taste it and sip it. But I ain't gonna lie, there's a time to shoot. You yeah, know, there's a time to kick yeah. it back, celebration. Um, I typically don't think bourbon is a good is a good spirit to shoot, right? Um, because there's something about it that will catch you in the back of your throat. Yeah, like it's like it, it almost, and I think it might be the tannic, yeah. the tannins from the wood, but. You can't really um, like, Irish whiskey just goes right down, right? Uh, tequila just goes right down, yeah. But there's something about bourbon that just kind of gets caught in, yeah. in your throat. So I don't think it's a good shooter, but certainly, yeah. If you if that's your thing, there's times for it, yeah. So what do you drink when you're on the road? 
Well, um, I drink. I like Makers and I like Woodford. That's that's a go-to. Wow. Both of those are, are go-tos for me. Um, when I'm at home, uh, sometimes I'll, you know, do water, just bourbon and water, uh-huh. you know. Um, when I'm on the road, uh, I, for whatever reason, would prefer to do a little Diet Coke or something with, with the bourbon if I'm in a mixing kind of mood. Or sometimes I'll just drink straight. So it just depends on the mood I'm in. Um, I like sometimes the way carbonation breaks up with it too. You know, even yeah. if it was like soda water. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, like, I like bourbon on the rocks alone too. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, there was one, Pappy. I love Pappy. Um, trying to think of some other bourbons. Um, a lot of people like Pappy. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you a story though. It it doesn't always do well in blind tastings. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Blanton's as well. Blanton's is good. Yep. I had a real nice Blanton's bottle of Blanton's uh, on my mini bar. Yeah. Which is right by our big bourbon bar. Obviously, you can't go over there and just grab a grab one. But uh, yeah, we plant, we did we did we did barrel picks gotcha. for uh, for the festivals. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but uh, I like Blanton's. But uh, Makers, my girlfriend loves yeah. Makers. Loves Makers, and it has like a like a, a whole gra- like a whole grain or something. Or wheat or something. Yeah, like so that. they are they are made out of predominantly corn, wheat, and okay. barley. They distill okay. at low proofs and they go in the barrel at a very low proof. Okay. So yeah, they have a very uh, particular style. In fact, I've got. Can you throw me that uh, private select? It's right up here, red top, right there. Have y'all? How many bottles have y'all broke? None yet. We've been draining a few of them. <laughs> So we're about to kill this one, I think. How many of these you done today? Oh, four. Are you drunk? No. No. <laughs> I am pro. Bourbon connoisseur is pro. Yeah. I, so yeah. you're a bourbon connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Like, what's one step above bourbon connoisseur of sorts? What's one step above that? Well, so, like, I am a... I'm a critic, too. Oh, okay. So like, so I like actually like uh, critique these things, and um, and review them, and yeah. they, get, they get published. Um, I would say, and, and I'm also independent. I'm not affiliated right. with the distillery, but I would say that to me, you know, if you were to like put us in like a kind of like a like a rock poster of like what 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 people where people are to me. You don't get any higher than like the core master distillers, yeah. and um, and then from there you have like uh, master blenders, you have master tasters. Now, also in this business, they tend to give they tend to give titles like candy, right. you know. So there's not like a lot of uh, consistency with what a master distiller is, right. and uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but at the same time, um, you know, I sit in a very niche, and it's and it's actually hard. Yeah, because you know, you do that for a living. Yeah, you know, some people can't stop. 
Yeah. And that's, and I know that's a little bit of a problem in music too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it has been known. I think that it's probably better nowadays, but you know, back in the eighties and nineties, it was a big problem. Um, you know, and then of course like rock and roll drug problem. I think, um, those things kind of just go hand in hand, but nowadays you're, you know, it's, it's pretty normal that your, your managers and your, you know, your labels and your PR people and, uh, the people that, that kind of advise you and consult you and work with you. Um, I feel like it's just not acceptable anymore. Like, yeah. it's like you just, you maintain, you, you take care of yourself. Right. Or, I mean, People in music tend to. I'm not saying people don't drink and party a lot. They right. Do. They they party more than uh, some people, but I know attorneys that party just as hard as as we do, uh, if not harder. But uh, oh yeah. You know, point being, like it's pretty frowned upon in the music business to be like out of control. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but we, we we have fun too. Don't, don't get me wrong. All right, All right, so so, what's, so this this is a private barrel that I did. Oh, cool! Called the Curmudgeons. Okay. I did it with some colleagues, some whiskey writers, and uh, it's a little maker's mark. And it, they finished it with some additional staves. So they they have like their own brand of staves, basically a bunch of French oak and American oak, different tiles. And I want you to break down the tasting notes on it. Okay, let's do this. All right. You beat me for a minute. All right. Wait, do you need an ascot? You want to wear it? <laughs> <laughs> Give me one. I'll wear it. Wait, I just want to say that I that it's, it's crazy how much opening your mouth. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. It's a big it's a big game changer. Okay. Notes. Rum roll. Uh, I think like a, some kind of nut. Yeah. Almond. Hey. Is it almond? Yeah. I get a big almond in that. Way to go. Oh, yeah. All right. It's kind of got like, it's, it's kind of bitter. It's got like a more of a bitter... But there's also a touch of sweet. Can you be bitter and sweet? It's like, oh, yeah. Um, all right, hang on. And he's good at this. He's, tra- he's tracing this thing down. I think that's all I'm getting. All right. Maybe vanilla. Is there vanilla? Well, you, yeah, there's nice is, vanilla in there. Oh, is there a little vanilla yeah. in there? Yeah, I picked that up. I mean, you nailed it. You nailed this whiskey. Good. My friend, you've got a good palate. Thank you. And you can break it down. I love it. <laughs> well, Dylan, thank you so much for, hey, for joining for the us, Fred Minnick Show brought to you by the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Tell us what's new. Where can people find your music? Yeah, well, it's the sim- similar same answers as everybody else. iTunes, Apple Music. Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. There's so many ways to find it. 
um, go to Google, type my name in, which is Dylan Carmichael, and uh, go check it out. You know, if you like it, um, you know, give me a like, subscribe to my YouTube, uh, you know, Do support it. country music. If you don't like it, um, act like you like it and still <laughs> go now. <laughs> a like is a like, even if you don't really like it. Truth is, though. I might not be doing music much longer. I might be getting into the drinking. Hey, listen, I, the I, drinking business. I've been looking for someone to mentor. <laughs> uh, I've been looking for the right person. You, Seriously, you you cracked that. You cracked the code on that whiskey. Good, good. Well, man, I would. You know, let's do this again. Let's do it. Cheers. <laughs> All right, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I got to tell you. It's not every day I meet someone who can't wait to get it off their chest that they don't like bananas. And, you know, I was able to take that confession from Dylan Carmichael uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, may he go on to strawberries and uh, rhubarb pie and such because banana is out of the question. <laughs> oh, that, that, that was a lot of fun. So I am for this week's uh, bourbon mailbag. I'm actually going to read to you all uh, some of the comments from last week's episode. This is um, this is really, re- really telling of how people. And I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. So I sent Perez Hilton a really rare whiskey. I sent him Michter's Ten Year Old Rye. I sent him Old Rip Van Winkle. Uh, which is a 10-year-old from the Van Winkle line. I sent him a 1942 vintage bottle and uh, a wild turkey bottle in a bond, and he hated those. His favorite was uh, 291 Colorado Whiskey, which, you know, kudos to 291. It's a very good product. But people were so angry at me for... Uh, <laughs> they were so angry at me for... For sending him that rare stuff. I knew that was going to happen, but here's a, I want to read you some of the comments and I'll, and I'll, and I'll read back and I'll come back to you with uh, my thoughts. Um, this is on YouTube from Mark. I don't know why people are so mad at you for sending a few samples and bottles. If you had the products already and it's not like they would be able to get it, it's already off the shelves. There's tons of people spending big money on stuff and they, don't like that they are not celebrities or videotaping themselves, not liking it. It's just whiskey. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mark, to a point, but I'll be honest with you. If I saw that too, I'd be like, what an asshole. How, how dare he send it? So I get everyone's uh, reasoning for uh, being uh, upset with me. Kind of like uh, Mark Dunham says, uh, what a waste of good bourbon and rye. Now, Mark, who wrote me on YouTube as well, is not wrong. He's not wrong. It was a waste because Perez obviously did not like it. You know, I mean, you can hear him just going, you know, and it in he didn't like it. He did not like it. And uh, I in my defense, I did not know that would be the case when I sent him to him. I thought he was going to be a fan. I, I actually did. I thought he was going to like the stuff. And I had no one tell me. Uh, on my team or their team or his team that uh, he was not a fan of whiskey. And you would think that would be out there somewhere, but it was not. In fact, he owned, he owned pieces of spirits brands. And uh, so I just, uh, I thought it, uh, you know, anyway, 
Uh, Michael Besley wrote me as well. Great reaction video. Made me smile and makes a refreshing change from the usual content on WhiskeyTube. I think Prez represents most adults out there. And this is a good reminder that the bourbon community, while passionate about the spirit, is also in the minority. Thanks for sharing, Fred. And, you know, I, I will say, Michael, I think that's, I think that's accurate. We, we do not represent a, a majority of drinkers, let alone people in the United States of America or the world. It is, uh, we live in a little bit of a bubble in terms of, uh, what people are consuming, but I also like that bubble. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, having a bad reaction to, you know, that, that episode. That being said, Perez probably represents a far greater majority than us a little, uh, bourbon drinkers. So, uh, at any rate, thank you all for listening. If you have not gotten a sticker yet, if you have not gotten a sticker to put on your computer, trash can, car, whatever, hit me up on fredminnick.com. That's fredminnick.com. Say you want a sticker and put your address in there so we can send you a sticker. I also send, uh, occasionally I'll send like a really random question. Like I sent a fella, um, the question, if a bourbon barrel falls in the warehouse without anybody around, does it make a noise? Huh. Does it make a noise? I don't know. If no one can hear it, who can say? But that's going to do it for this week's episode, folks. Be safe out there. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. Remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskey, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred and his books, his articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. I am not a dormant, sorry.